Welcome to another episode of Put In Work Show. My name is Mark Rankin. And my name is Louis Guaman. <laughs> and today we're being joined by the very tanned, the very handsome, <laughs> Paul Nelson. CEO extraordinaire, mentor of the year, just an overall renaissance man. Paul, what is it that you do not do exceptionally well? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't found it yet. Nothing. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank it you, is yeah. my esteemed pleasure to have you on Put In Work. Mm -hmm. I, um, just to give you guys some context of who Paul Nelson is, the great Paul Nelson. He has been a mentor of mine for the past eight years. We have been best friends very very who says you can't be best friends with your mentor like i really <laughs> give him the latitude to correct me to coach me we've really had some um very in, our relationship is just amazing <laughs> highs and lows but we always come out on the other side much closer we don't get to see each other as much anymore just because our, our schedules are so crazy and he's out there conquering the world and i'm doing my part to further um the world and <laughs> my belief system but um it's it's just really really a privilege and a pleasure to have you here paul well thank you mark i'm excited to be here 100 percent. goodness man with an uh, intro like that i like, know where do you go from there so, <laughs> so how, right there. how about for the rest of us where right we haven't known paul forever okay. tell tell us your story paul all right how much time do we have <laughs> we have enough i've lived quite an interesting life yes um born in manhattan actually grew up here for 10 years I was, uh, uh, I'm not Hispanic, uh, when I was, I don't know why that's funny, <laughs> when I was a kid I was really tan, right. I was a natural tan, and I was really shy, and I was in the park or somewhere one day and someone saw me and they actually wanted me to be in like some kind of play, Wow. play a young Hispanic kid, even though I wasn't, and my parents were Everyone like, wants to be. <laughs> right, right? Yeah, I guess I can be if I want to be. Perhaps. <laughs> and uh, my parents weren't going to let me do it, but for some reason I didn't want to. I guess I was, I, I was only a kid. I was afraid. Right. Mm. Um, anyway, there's no point to that story. Um, and just more of his character. More of your character. <laughs> growing up, I was always just interested and creative and curious and looking into things and always doing things. And uh, I, I always just loved learning. Right. And... Uh, as I, uh, right when I was about to turn 10, I moved from New York City to the suburbs in Connecticut. And it was a real radical shift for me because I, it's a time period when I, I had our friends made and I was moving away from them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anybody and I moved to a very wonderful area. It's, it's also an area with a lot of judgmental kids who grew up there, very wealthy kids who aren't the most welcoming to outsiders. And I came at a time where I had an injury and, instead, and, and I developed this habit of I just started feeling bad and I and I took that first summer instead of going out and making friends and playing I sat inside all all summer and I felt bad for myself mm. and I just ate a lot of food and watched a lot of movies and I went from that skinny fun kid to I put on a bunch of weight and one summer and became the big kid oh wow and so I entered school in fourth grade as the new kid who was also the big kid in a class where there weren't a lot of big kids mm -hmm. and uh, immediately I got so much made fun of mm -hmm. and um 
I just, my self-image went from here down to here very mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. And the teenage years, I think, are a very important time because it's that shift from, I don't want just my parents' approval anymore, I want my peers. That's very true. And I wasn't getting it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lived on a street where there were like almost 10 kids in my grade um, that were living on the street, you know, grass <laughs> yards, fun place to be, I did sports. And I just, right away, because of all that being made fun of, I, my self-image started to get lower and lower. Mm -hmm. And I always was starting to seek acceptance and approval from others mm -hmm. because I couldn't get it within myself. And um, I started developing right away this habit of just wanting to get home from school as quickly as I could, go home, eat whatever I want, I ate horribly. <laughs> uh, like my favorite foods were mac and cheese and salami and pizza and hamburgers. That was my oh, main man. food for <laughs> food. It pretty food. awesome though. <laughs> it was good food. Yeah. And I would just watch TV, play video games, and um, somehow get my homework done. And <sighs> I just kind of skated by because I just felt no sense of belonging, no community, and um, all the friends that I really had, I, I wouldn't call them true friends. They're just mm -hmm. people I hung out with. Mm -hmm. And I ended up um, hanging out with kids that were not the best quality kids, and it really destroyed me. Kids, I remember walking home from school one day and kids uh, were spitting at me. And mm -hmm. these are kids who lived down the street from me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, now I realize, you know, that's a reflection on them, not me. Mm -hmm. But back then, that really hurt. And yeah. I home and feel yeah. horrible. And then I was in a situation where my brother had a lot of his own issues. And so my parents focused Younger, so much... Younger, older? Older brother. Okay. Um, and so my parents focused so much attention on him that um, they never noticed any of the issues for me. So I just came home. All I wanted to do was go in my room, lock the door. And all my brother wanted to do was get approval from me because he wanted me to be his best friend. Sure. And it was a really not the best situation. And my parents did great. Mm. You know, they both loved their jobs. They worked really hard. Um, I don't blame them for that. I think I'm a symptom of a larger generation of kids who came home to dual-income parents, mm -hmm. um, who and 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 their their parents were their television. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would have loved to have been best friends with my brother, but he terrorized me so much that I didn't want to be around him. Sure. <laughs> and uh, as I grew up, I started finding a love in certain things. I really fell in love with science. I became very passionate. I got really into space travel. Mm. Um, in high school, I joined this class called Authentic Science Research. It's a three-year program where I, you choose a, a project, some kind of audacious project, mm -hmm. and you spend three years focusing on it. You try to find scientists who are working on it. You, you give talks about it. Oh, wow. And I knew I wasn't the smart enough to invent something, <laughs> but I figured I could find something really cool and just learn about it. And so I got really into something called a space elevator, mm. which is the concept of building an actual transportation device from Earth in outer space. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually a viable thing that could happen. And what, at the time, I thought I loved it because of the science of it. What I really loved is every person that I talked to about it they said that won't work. Mm. And I start, I just enjoyed the, telling them, no, actually it can. Like I'm talking <laughs> very educated professionals, but right. like that's impossible. And I started getting addicted to this feeling of doing things that people didn't think I could do. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And uh, that, so I found my confidence in that. Outside of that, I was very shy, very mm -hmm. quiet. I started hanging out with really bad kids. Not, they're not bad human beings. Sure. Just they didn't have the best values. Sure. And I wanted approval, you know? Uh, I was desperate for acceptance. And so I hung out with kids who, you know, actually one day one of them came to my house and stole a bunch of my stuff. <laughs> my parents had to call the police. Seriously? And, yeah. yeah. And that destroyed Definitely. me. Yeah. I mean, at a time when all I wanted was acceptance and that happened. Um, and then somehow I got involved with sports. I started playing a sport called Frisbee. 
which is like basically football for white people. <laughs> <laughs> Frisbee's fun. It's fun. It's fun. for people who couldn't make it in, in football uh, or soccer. Uh, but it's a ton of fun. And, we yeah. start, and I, I found, we found a community of kids that didn't judge me. And in high school, um, my brother threw parties growing up. And I wanted to, you know, I, I, so I followed in his precedent that my parents let him throw parties in our basement. Oh, wow. And so as I grew up, I said, okay, let me do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my junior year of high school, I started inviting people over. And the parties got bigger and bigger to eventually we're having 50, 60, 70 people. And uh, wow. I, you know, at the, looking back, I mean, I should have charged money. Yeah, <laughs> totally. The amount, money, the amount of stress that was on me to make it happen, right. keep it going and not let it end. You know, we, we bring 10, 20 people through the front door and my parents are like, okay. And then we sneak all the alcohol nice. in the rooms and all, like 30, 40 more people. Nice. I remember one time it was so big, the basement was full, the door, people were out swimming in the pool. There were 20, 30 people in our front yard trying wow. to get in. And my parents... T- so basically, they actually based the, the movie Project X off Basically, of life. that was his life. This was before that movie. <laughs> it happened. We, we did have the police come one time, but because I was smart enough to have my parents there, when the police came in, my parents were like, get out. Because, you know, they're on private property. Right. So like, we were good to go. And luckily, we didn't have any. They threw the cops out. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, man. So I, I started getting that acceptance, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, it's something that you know it grew and grew and eventually when I left high school I knew I wanted to start over sure mm-hmm. so I grew up in the Northeast I said I want to go elsewhere so I didn't mm-hmm. apply to colleges anywhere in the Northeast I said get me out of here most of what I did was in the West Coast um, you know I was very I'm very bold I applied for Ivy League schools I want to go to Stanford yeah I want to do engineering I applied to probably 30 schools. I think I got into maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, because to get into engineering school, it's you have to get into the regular school and then the engineering school. Oh, wow. And so it was very intense. And uh, somehow I ended up at the one school I really wanted to go to, which is mm-hmm. University of Wisconsin-Madison. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad went there. I grew up a fan of the team as a Badger fan. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. <laughs> um, and uh, um, it's actually a very big school for New Yorkers to go to. It's the oh. number one party school in the nation. Really? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, fun really fact. Is. It's so cold, you gotta do something. <laughs> and uh, I went out there, I said, let me reinvent myself. Here's this do-over. I went yeah. out there, I actually played on the college ultimate Frisbee team, Ooh. the JV team, but I still did it. Uh, yeah. And I uh, got in shape, lost 20 pounds, um, went to class sometimes, <laughs> uh, had a ton of fun, partied a lot, uh-huh. um, and was really still looking for that sense of belonging. Yeah. Um, and I still, whenever I found a group of people, I never found a group of people who really, mm-hmm. like I, people to party with, to hang out with, never necessarily the people that I could. Click? That, that would encourage me, that I okay. felt like this is my, like we have shared values. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. somehow one day I met a young gentleman who said I'm surrounded with people who are into personal development and working on themselves and mentorship. And they, he brought me into that environment and it changed me. That's awesome. Because every group I went into, because I was desperate for that approval, um, people would make fun of me yeah. and I would yeah. allow it because I wanted the approval. Yeah. Now it was an environment where people were building me up. And I was goofy. I didn't know how to dress nice. Uh-huh. You know, if I was at a professional event, I wear Nike sneakers with a swoosh and, a, sure. and I, I had a tie. I didn't know how to tie it. I'd have to slide it off and on. Sure. And, um, but that, that had an effect over me. And in mm-hmm. a year and a half in that environment, starting to learn to read professional development books, mm-hmm. personal development books. Um, listening to things, you know, positive audios, not just negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, after about a year and a half of that, you know, my biggest fear has always been talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody said to me, your biggest fear will, or your biggest struggle will become your biggest victory. 
And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, right? And um, after a year and a half of that, I finally realized that the, the gap between the dreams and goals I want to accomplish mm -hmm. um, and uh, where I am is simply the fears that are holding me back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And somehow I just reached a point where it's like I have to let that stop. I can't let it stop me. Mm -hmm. And I broke through. And I just started connecting with anybody and everybody. Not, not to get any result, just mm -hmm. simply to learn to talk to people right and I was really bad at it <laughs> and I kept doing it and doing it and doing it Me too brother it's <laughs> yeah. so bad I mean it's just so bad I mean even when I dress professionally I still wear a sideways hat <laughs> like that was my way I don't know it was when I was growing up because I was a bigger guy sure I wore a sideways hat to try to cover up I don't know um, and uh, that was just how I was sure sure and uh, in that year and a half I was put in an environment where I was able to apply those principles in a in, in a business uh, um, mm -hmm. opportunity mm -hmm. where um, I was able to actually amass a, an organization mm -hmm. of about 50 to 100 college students. Okay. And we were working together, improving our lives and um, doing uh, uh, some e-commerce business. And uh, it, great. it grew me. And I remember um, I never wanted to be in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. what, I am, what I One of my strengths is I'm very loyal. Mm -hmm. And the people who I connected with you know, day one is I said, man, I just want to be like those people. I want to be friends with them. Because the two people that really brought me into that environment right. were the cool kid and the fun guy. Sure. And I wanted to be like those people, mm -hmm. you know? I wanted to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't about anything else. I just wanted to be like them. Mm -hmm. And then as slowly what happened is I started becoming them. Yeah, absolutely. I started learning that I could be that. I didn't need them. And what's funny is in, there's a transition period. There are two years into that mm -hmm. where they actually faded away mm -hmm. from my life. And that's when I stepped up. To take over. Yeah. yeah. And I took a summer my right after my second year of college. And instead of partying, not that I didn't have fun. But sure, like sure. Instead of doing that, I just focused and I grinded for about six months and just flipped the switch. And as I able to um, build, uh, take my business from somewhere around maybe five hundred to a thousand dollars a month to mm -hmm. about fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month in That's revenue. Brilliant. Um, so let me pause you right there, yeah. Paul, because honestly, for your episode, I don't. I mean, he has a phenomenal business. Last year, he did over two million dollars in sales. All this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But for you, I don't necessarily want to focus on the business aspect of as much mm -hmm. i want to focus on the personal development portion mm -hmm. and here is why mm -hmm. because on the put in work show we there's no motivation there's no rah rah there's no you can do it rah, 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 just yeah. grind and rah. we don't need that shit that's mm -hmm. we we need direction mm -hmm. and the question that comes up every time with entrepreneurs that we speak with is Man, I just bet on myself. I have the confidence yep. to know that I'm gonna go out there and get it done. Yep. And I can put money down on myself. I didn't need an organization to back me. I just went out there and I, I put money on myself that I'll be successful. Yeah. However, my question is always, what do you say to the person who haven't found that strength yet? Not the person who can't do it or is shy because I don't believe in that. I believe you just haven't found your strength mm -hmm. as yet. Mm -hmm. And typically the response is, well, you know, they, they can't relate. Uh -huh. But you, I have seen it where you came through the gamut. You made a complete 180 and it's like you're now sought after speaker, mm -hmm. mogul, <laughs> like 
all around like fitness junkie now you're doing all this stuff right (laughs) beatbox a musician so how did you raise your self-image how did you raise your game how did you improve like i get what you're saying yeah how do you put take that out and replace it with like positivity Mm. confidence Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and give us the practical like the step-by-step the play-by-play so someone else can do Mm -hmm. it Right. What was the daily grind that yes. I was doing? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So within that period that I was just talking mm-hmm. about, six that, months. That's when, yeah, that's when that that daily grind really took charge. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I could have taken that summer and just relaxed, right, and done nothing. And I yeah. said, no, I'm going to stay out here and I'm going to work and I'm going to put this together because once I broke through my fear, mm-hmm. there was nothing stopping me except maybe the skill set. And I realized that I just got to keep doing it mm-hmm. and I'll get better. Absolutely. And so through that skill set, so what I really, of course I engulfed myself in action, mm. at the same time I engulfed myself in growing my mind. And how did you grow your mind? Well, yeah. for the first year and a half, I fought personal development, I fought reading books. Mm-hmm. And so I finally started reading books. I started reading things like John Maxwell, started reading leadership books. Mm-hmm. I started reading this book called The Servant Leader. Mm-hmm. I started reading this book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. You know, I started reading books that helped put things in my mind. I said, all right, if, if talking to people is my biggest struggle, I'm going to read every book, listen to every audio I can about how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So why, why didn't you read that before? Was it because the genre interested you? You know what? This is interesting. So I'm going to start reading about it. And before... You didn't really like to read? Is that what My it was? My life I avoided reading. You know, okay. In college, I didn't want to read the, the book. You know, in high school, it was always, how can I find the, the spark notes? You sure. Know? I, didn't, I didn't want to do the reading. Let me watch yeah. the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I just, I never was a reader before. Uh-huh. And I never had read a book where I actually gained value out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started picking up these books, I couldn't put them down. So that was it. It was yeah. the interest. I say that because that's the same exact thing with me as well. Only between the recent few years, you know? Most of my experience really comes from just following my face a lot and really yeah. learning personally, uh, just experience and my mentors. Mm-hmm. But only, it's really silly. Only during the last few years, I really got into reading books because I figured this whole genre or just discovered this entire genre existing mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't put it down. And, and then the I genre would, being personal development. Personal development. Okay. And yeah. then I would attribute that to maybe other genres too and mm-hmm. seeing like how it really affects each other. Yeah. Right? Same, same, same thing. That's yeah. great. So you read, you started reading. Yes. And then you also started like facing your fears, doing the things that you're Constantly. afraid of. How did you bring yourself to do that? Uh, I read a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm. <laughs> Changed everything, right? Yes. And it just uh, it said action cures fear. Can oh. you say that right there? <laughs> action cures fear. And what book is this? The Magic of Thinking Big. Phenomenal. Phenom- and would you recommend that to yeah. every person? Absolutely. It's a very easy read. I would, I would put money that you've read tons of books right now, right? <laughs> what is your favorite in terms oh. of personal development for yourself personally? That's one. And the second, if you can give one book to somebody else to really start them off on that path, what's that one? So you're jumping ahead because I didn't, my favorite book I didn't come into contact with until a few years ago. Um, and it's called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Oh, yeah, it's a great Paulo book. Coelho. That's my favorite great book. book. No, no other book has ever come close to how much I love that book. Mm-hmm. I've read it probably 10 times mm-hmm. and I keep rereading it. And every Why? Time, Why just for you? Um, whew. Uh, <laughs> Because that book has completely changed my life. And every time I read it, I'm in a different perspective. Mm. Um, because the whole book is about everything I'm searching for is within. 
in that there's a specific purpose that I'm here to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that I can create whatever it is that I want to create. And that the universe is literally there guiding me to help me create what I'm here to create. Yeah. And every time I read that, it reminds me of that's like I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right things. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a long time to realize that. And I think I needed to go through everything I went through up until that point to be ready for it. A hundred percent agree with that. And something that I really learned from you, Paul, is I used to ask you, like, why do you recommend these books so much? Like, why is it that you're so hardcore? Like, you have to read, you have to read. And you said this, and it changed my life. You said, if you're, you're going from here, this is your end goal, and you're right here, and you're on a straight path, and something is, you're going off, off alignment, if I, like, you're my mentor, if you tell me the things and I'm not open, then that becomes criticism. And I'm like, ah, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know? But with the book, I can't argue with the book. It's either I change, realign, or I close the book. I remember in college, one of my friends, Samir, he, he, he's a 4.0 student. Yeah. He was studying, and he was studying, and he hated what he was reading. He picked up the book, threw it as hard as he could against the wall, <laughs> mm-hmm. picked it back up. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> you can't argue with the book. You have to just do the things. Yeah. You know? And so... Many, many times that, and it's not that I'm not coachable, but you're such, your way of leadership is such a loving and very like nurturing. You wouldn't tell me what to do. You would say, oh, um, have you ever read such and such a book? And I'd be like, yeah, I've read the book. He goes, reread chapter so-and-so. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right. <laughs> and then it's like, whoa, yeah. oh my God, mind blown. And then he'd be like in the back laughing at me like, ah. Uh, I wanted to tell you that. Actually, I did tell you that, but you just never listened. So he so, was just some Jedi mind tricks. Yes, that's all cool. these Jedi mind tricks. That's a class of mentorship thing. I love that's doing that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, uh, it's great. I think personal development is like um, it's like getting a doctorate in my in human awareness, yep. human execution. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, when somebody asks me something. I reference and I think, okay, mm-hmm. what did I read that helped me understand that or mm-hmm. learn that? Sure. And I say, oh, and I ask somebody, oh, have you read this? And they say, yeah. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and say, oh, what you're doing shows yeah. me that you didn't read that. <laughs> you need to read that again. Yeah, maybe you should revisit. <laughs> yeah. um, but the second book, second yeah. book, who would you, what book would you recommend yes. to anybody? Yeah. Yes. Whew, on anything, any topic. Yeah, I know. And obviously that's a little bit tough. It's really general. Um, I've really become interested in leadership. Mm. Um, and so any John Maxwell book, if I have to choose one, the 20 and ir- 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership yes. by John Maxwell, gotcha. the first leadership book I ever read changed my life. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, another book I really, really highly recommend uh, is called uh, The Go-Giver. Mm. Yes. Uh, and then they have a sequel called The Go-Giver Sell More. That's more of the business version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about how uh, The Go-Giver is all about um, uh, 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 how giving is actually the key to success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's really powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And your life embodies and that. I, I'm all about books that are stories. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I need a story within there. Otherwise, it's hard for me to... <laughs> yeah. The context. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll read it, but then I, it's hard for me to grasp it. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, so. really quick on that, just really quick on that point, because something I was just thinking about the other day is that there's so many people who are looking for hacks. For everything. Yeah, the shortcut. For everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing really wrong if you're going to have like, okay, spark notes here and there, you know, yeah. once in a while. But literally, people think that knowledge, true knowledge, mm-hmm. is coming from, all right, look, I'm going to look and list, look at this video online, and I'm going to look at the comments, and they're going to list that list that they have, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to go on the audio, and then I'm going to see the bookmarks on it, and I'm just going to like, okay, let me just see a couple of parts. Yeah. Meanwhile, people don't realize, and this is a really big thing I haven't heard anybody else say yet, is that they miss 
the context, because the whole reason why they have a book mm-hmm. is simply because it builds the vision mm-hmm. and the story, not just that somebody's hearing, but that the person is perceiving the story that they're making on mm-hmm. how they understand it. So then you get these yahoos over here who are just cool. Like, let me just gonna read through, like, I get it, I get it, get to the point. Those people straight up just don't get successful or they get successful much longer because they're mm-hmm. impatient. And that is just a whole other conversation, but, yeah. but there you go. So, I mean, something I wanted to, I've always kind of admired about how you operate your business is that when some guys would come into the room and be like, I am fucking boss, you will <laughs> listen to me. You're more like, hi, good evening, good evening. And by the <laughs> end of the interaction, people know, oh shoot, he's actually, he runs this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, all of this is his. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but he's like just the meek, mild tempered guy in the back <laughs> until you get the microphone. Mm. Now, is that like, would you recommend that or because we we have interacted with people and we still do work with people who are very like alpha in the way that they handle things and they're very you know dominant and you will know that i am in charge and we do work with those people and it's great but why your method and why does it work for you you know uh, one of my coaches she said uh don't mistake my niceness for weakness yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone does that <laughs> after at least two minutes with you. Uh-huh. I think in New York, especially people think that because if mm-hmm. you're not the loudest voice in the room, mm-hmm. if you don't have the most, you know, loud outfit, mm-hmm. you, you know, if, if, if I don't have whatever the most followers, then then don't listen to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I just that's not my style. Right. Sure. You know, I think there's a spectrum. Uh, kind of what you were saying back to you before about my style, you know, there's a spectrum of the alpha male, mm. you know, the strict disciplinarian, and that's how they teach, that's how they lead, mm-hmm. and that, that works. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's pros and cons of it. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other side. There's the more kind of loving, caring, uh, compassionate leader, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Right. I think there is a balance in between. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm around a lot of alpha males, mm-hmm. and for a long time I didn't like it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm like, they don't understand. They just, like, all they care about is what is is execution yeah, what go, about go, go. you know what about compassion yeah and mm-hmm. and then and it really frustrated and bothered me for so long uh and then i realized they're just doing themselves they're yeah. just who they are yep. i can't be upset at them yep. they actually yep. need me to be there to show there's another side yeah they, they can't lead my kind of people with that strategy right same thing. 100 i can't lead those people without having people in my life who are that way mm-hmm. you know um i've been able to work with mark amos one of your previous guests for you know, over eight years, we'll get to that story later. Yeah. And he is one of those alpha males. Yeah. And the reason is because I've connected myself with other people who are like that, mm. who can lead him so I don't have to. Absolutely. And I've learned to work with people like that. Mm. And I think he's learned a lot from me and I've learned a ton from him because we're complete opposites. <laughs> That's the best kind of, I don't know if we're complete opposites, but we complement well, each other pretty well. We complement each other well. Yeah. yeah, we complement each other really yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> like, good sandwich. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so basically, so I've always liked that, mm-hmm. but how do you actually work with someone who is the complete opposite of you? Because for a lot of people, especially in our audience, mm-hmm. like you, one person rarely has all the skill sets to take care of the entirety mm-hmm. of the business. Mm-hmm. You have to team up with somebody. Mm-hmm. And most of the times you're attracted or you end up partnering with someone who's complete the complete antithesis mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. But how do you work with these people? Like everything that they do goes contrary to how you would do it. 
but you do you do recognize the value in their contribution to mm -hmm. the entire operation. So how do you reconcile, how do you work with these people? It all comes down to something that I learned from Simon Sinek, which yes. is start with why. Yeah. And I applied that for so many years without knowing I was applying mm -hmm. it. And that I always led, whenever I was looking for somebody that I want to work with that I potentially would want to mentor or lead or vice versa, I always, without even realizing, mm -hmm. really, this is what I'm about. Right. You know, I'm about making an impact. Mm -hmm. I'm about uh, helping people live better lives. Uh, I'm about um, not just looking at people as business partners, but also people that I want to um, be friends with. Mm -hmm. And if I don't see that match, then we're not going to work together, no right. matter how high qualified you are. Right, right. And now my philosophy has shifted even more because now I've been able to clarify my why, and I'm able to identify right away. I don't care how opposite or how different you are. If you're, if the why, as Simon Sinek says, if that's the same, it doesn't matter. Right, mm -hmm. absolutely. The values that really seep into everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I tell people all the time. That's good. We're gonna hang out. I'm, yeah. I'm down. We're gonna yeah. hang out. This you can be there. You can, yeah, <laughs> you can be there too. That's yeah. great. But um, but I no. Go ahead. You had something on discipline, you. Paul. That has been a major. <laughs> I'm a savvy guy. Um, that has been a major thing that we both have battled with. I've seen you like battled with a lot of things and. I don't know how you do it, man, because like you still allow yourself to be vulnerable. Like I am your mentee, but you still show me like, hey, man, I fuck up sometimes. Like mm -hmm. I don't get everything right all the time. Like I, you know, I go through my ups and downs. Where do you get the discipline in so many different aspects of your life that even though like it doesn't always go right, people still do respect you? How how does that part happen? Well, before I get to that, what you just said about vulnerability, that's a yeah. whole topic right That's there. a whole thing by itself. Um, Talk about that. I want to reference someone named Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend anybody go watch her videos. Mm -hmm. She did two TED Talks and a 99U Talk. Right here. Yeah, and she's written a ton of books. Mm -hmm. um, and her whole thing is about how, I think it's especially with men, uh, but with everybody, especially millennials, um, vulnerability is not weakness. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is courage. It's a source of creativity. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this interpretation, I think, really strongly with men that to be vulnerable, to say, I messed up or I'm struggling is weakness, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really bothers me when I see people who are successful go up on a stage or talk and all they talk about is do this, do that. And what I want to hear about is, man, I woke up today and I didn't want to do anything. You know, and here's how I was able to do it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to hear. Unfortunately, most people don't talk that way. Absolutely. And so for years, it frustrated me. Mm. And so when I changed my philosophy, I said, all right, I need to change that. When I go up there, I'm just going to lead and talk about it. I messed up this, 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 mm. this, 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 and I'm still here. So it's like it's throwing true. yourself under the bus. It's much more relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're human. Like exactly. Other humans need to realize that we're human too. I mean, it's insane. But, but that's really it. Mm -hmm. And what that also um, uh, really touches upon is actually conflict. I'm actually interested to hear how you deal with conflict. And I mean, the three of us know that there's a lot of different ways you could go about internal conflict, conflict with partners, conflict with uh, people who work with you. But I guess just the base version of what are kind of the steps of how you specifically deal with conflict. What do you mean by conflict? Con oh man, this could, be, this could be like a whole hour over here. It's about to get deep. Um, but I suppose let's stick with, I guess, the workplace um, theme. So let's say you have a partner, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, a partner that you have, um, and you have conflict. You just don't disagree. I mean, you just don't agree on a subject, and mm -hmm. you feel strongly about one thing. Mm -hmm. He or she feels strongly about something else, 
and essentially you are having, it doesn't matter, either no money, you just start a company, millions of dollars, because honestly it's the same formula. Yeah. How do you remedy this conflict? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I've gone through that in the last year or two quite a bit. Mm. Um, I think it's about understanding that as long as we're on that, like we have that shared values, as long as we're moving mm. the same direction, same. as long as that communication yeah. is there, yeah. um, we can have a disagreement mm -hmm. um, without it let us pulling us apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what? And of course, I've messed this up and I've, I've gotten angry and upset and judgmental and yeah. I pull back and say, if, you know, in any situation, if I was in their shoes, I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And how can I learn from it? How can mm -hmm. I appreciate it? Mm -hmm. And then I hope that they would do the same thing. I don't know. I can't control it. You know? yeah. Absolutely. And then really important is dealing with the internal conflict. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can literally talk about this forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay. But yes, what is your take on how you deal with your own internal conflict? Because of course, it always starts within with you mean like why, indecision? And it goes yeah, not being me. able to oh, this self-doubt? Because, self because exactly, there are different branches to that. Yeah. The conflict that you have to really, let's say, execute. The conflict that you have to really think positive thoughts, right? The mm -hmm. conflicts that you have with dealing with, let's say, family or friends or anything, or dealing with business and friendship. And the, these things are all really connected. Yeah. They're really the same. Yeah. And the fact is there's so many people that don't really understand of how connected these really thought patterns are. And that's why it always starts with core values, foundations, which I say all the time, which I love to say. And it really deals with your methodology of really how you just deal with yourself and then how you start dealing with the things or people around you. So people have their own really methods or steps, what they're comfortable with, mm -hmm. and they learn from others as well. So yes, so what's yours? Well, your question ties into his discipline question because I think it's all yes. the same sure. arena. Yeah. Um, and it's something I struggled with. You know, as I mentioned, <clears throat> I lived in this place of fear and indecision and uh, lack of follow through and pretty much everything that I did. Um, there's almost n pretty much everything until I was 18 I didn't follow through on. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't leave a good track record. Mm. I couldn't really trust myself. Um, and, you know, being in the business world, it's the one thing I finally have, it's the first time I'm not given up. It's the first time I've not just said it's too hard. Not right. that there hasn't been a million times that I've been like, Maybe I, ha you know, maybe I should just give it up. Right. And um, it's the first time that I felt that I can't quit. And the, for me, it's always been about the relationships um, because I fall in love with the people I work with mm -hmm. and I can't leave them. And so I think um, for me, um, being living many years of self-doubt and decision, mm -hmm. um, it really messed me up. Right, right. And so mm -hmm. kind of tracking back to a little bit of my journey, mm -hmm. as I created success, I got to this peak of getting a lot of recognition, which is temporary. Right, right, and right. And when right. the recognition went away, what happened? I stopped working on myself. And I fell backwards and I went right back to where I was, but 10 times worse because mm -hmm. I knew what I was capable of when I fell back. That's and then you right. have people looking at you. Yes. And now I'm in a leadership position where people have expectations and I'm not just where I was, I'm down in the hole. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it helped me realize, well, this is how people really can spiral apart. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to. And, mm -hmm. um, and what I somehow was blessed to be um, at the right time at the right place, you know, kind of like I said with the alchemist, right. Mm -hmm. well, right at that time, as I was kind of really falling apart, falling backwards, wondering if I can continue it in, in anything I was doing, um, is when I had the opportunity to go to the country of Jamaica. And I, you know, what you said, put in the work, mm -hmm. counting on myself, mm -hmm. I made a decision. Um, I think it was February of 2010. Mm -hmm. And I said, I am going to build one of the largest businesses ever built in the country of Jamaica. I never been there. I didn't know anybody. Why Jamaica? 
for right you. place, right time. It just, it just, I don't know. Kismet. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. It just, it was, I don't know. And it had to happen exactly when. Right. It, 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 anything different, it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't out. Have worked. It had to be Jamaica, where they kind of speak English. It's not that far away, you know. And I um, went to a country. Uh, I want you to paint this picture uh, for yourself. I was mm -hmm. a junior in college. Mm -hmm. Never, never flew out of the country by myself. Never been to Jamaica myself. Didn't know anybody. And I flew there for two weeks. Stayed at the hotel. Barely left. All I was doing was looking for potential business partners for two weeks. I met with hundreds of people to see who can I trust. Absolutely. And I found one guy, mm -hmm. and that was that guy, Mark Amos, you had on the game. Nice. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. It came like full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Put in work, full circle. Put in work. Um, and I grinded. Yeah. Over an eight-year period, I've gone there over 15 times now. Yeah. And what? Go ahead. I'm turning 30 in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so am I. Yes, awesome. That's insane. We need it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, um, I was saying to somebody recently, if my life were to end at 30, the thing I'm most proud of is what I did in Jamaica. Yeah. Because it's nobody could have made me do it, and I've been able to impact people in a third world country. Mm -hmm. Not just I didn't just go there and hang out on the beach. I went there for two weeks in college, yeah. going to the number one party school. I didn't go to the beach once. I didn't go hang out and drink. Yeah. Right, I went there and I worked because I said, I want to come back. Yeah. I launch a business here, I'm going to have to come back and back and back and back. And I'd be able to impact so many lives there that every time I go back and I, and I teach people how to live better lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've not been to Africa. You know, if you see the videos of people, um, sure. you know, where they go there and they hand out food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine doing that, except you're handing out personal development. Yeah. And that's what I do. That's brilliant. So, and, I mean, as we kind of put the, the entire culmination of the conversation. I really yes. want to ask you a very pointed question because we have received a lot of influx of comments and stuff and people asking us, I started my company, I launched my business, I was really confident everything was going great and then it, I fucking fell apart and the business yes. followed suit. It fell apart. How do I rebuild? How do I put it back together? How do I reclaim myself? and then the business. I think it all starts with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think pull everything aside, doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, what's going on with you. I think mm -hmm. it's all about self-actualization. Oh, yeah. You know, as I went through that first journey of success and then reflecting and realized, okay, I gotta work on myself. Nope, but let me go and help some people and that healed me. And then mm -hmm. once again, as I created more success in Jamaica, mm -hmm. I realized that I also need to work on myself. Right. And that the most healing thing that I did was every time I felt really bad, mm -hmm. I said, let me go help somebody else. Let me take my eyes off of me and see how I can guide someone else. That's brilliant. And so to somebody who's wondering that, yes, go within and see what's going on there. Mm -hmm. What do I need to work on? And then turn around and see how can I help somebody else overcome something similar? Yeah. And that has helped me beyond measure. Mm -hmm. Because at my lowest times, when I'm able to give value to somebody and realize even at this point I can still help somebody, mm -hmm. it makes me realize that I'm still worth, it's still worth me being here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I still can You're give. still able to do something. Yes. And that, that's really helped me. And um, what ended up happening to me is uh, a couple of years ago, I completely fell apart. I hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to go into every detail. Sure. I, I was back and forth between Wisconsin and New York. I was completely unstable. Mm. Um, and I ended up uh, um, moving back to the, to the East Coast. And, and I was the lowest I've ever been self-image wise. Yeah. Um, no confidence in myself, financial ruin. Mm. Um, I basically had almost walked away from business because I was unable to lead anybody. Sure. Um, 
and it, I was just in a really negative space. And I hit rock bottom. And the reason that needed to happen is because I had, I think like a lot of millennials do, had built this false image of everything's great, mm -hmm. I'm happy, mm -hmm. you know, at mm -hmm. social media you see me smiling, you mm -hmm. see me at an event, I look good. Sure. And uh, I was falling apart in every way possible. Mm. I remember one time I was at an event actually and somebody said, hey Paul, did you gain weight? <laughs> you know? And you know, that's like Jamaican style. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, call Very direct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, good and bad. You lose weight, they'll point it out. You gain weight, they'll point it out. And it destroyed me because okay. I was falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I had to completely rebuild myself from the ground up in the last mm -hmm. three years. Mm -hmm. And I said, who do I want to be? What's the life do I want to live? Because I put myself in a point, like many people might be, where it's just business and nothing else. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm not saying that focus isn't important. It mm -hmm. is. I learned for me to function, I need balance. Balance. Mm -hmm. balance. Maybe not everybody needs that. For me, I needed it. Yeah. Because every time I pushed, I said, delay, delayed gratification, put everything aside, you know, and just focus for mm -hmm. a couple of years. And every time I did, I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, um, I couldn't attract any positivity because I was repelling it. And so I've rebuilt my life where I enjoy and I love my life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's brilliant. And I, I have felt so much. I don't know if judgment's the right word. Yeah. I've felt a lot of people saying, probably disagreeing with how I've done things. Mm -hmm. And I just don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? nice. Because I found, a, it's like, if my life is dead, I need to know that, this, that I'm doing something I love to do. Because, from what you said, you're able to understand where you're coming from, you know what you want, then you have enough courage to follow through and take action. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the entire episode while you've been here, I can really feel the honesty that comes through, just oh, like yeah. from all of our guests. Mm -hmm. It's, it's great. It, it really is. And I appreciate your honesty and your openness because that's exactly what we do here. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do, and, you know, personally, and that's the people who we are, and that's what we want to share, yeah. you know? And I thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you so much for coming through. And like... Can I share one last thing? Of course. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so in the last couple of years I rebuilt myself, what I found is um, that I'm not the only one going through these struggles, these mm -hmm. mental, emotional, internal conflicts, as you say. Mm -hmm. And I realized that millennials especially are going through it like crazy. Right. You know, if you, if you look at the numbers, uh, unhappiness, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. addictions, alcoholism, suicide have never been higher right. uh, for many reasons from parent, parental upbringing, you know, technology. Uh, you know, they say that we're the most technologically connected sure. and the most emotionally disconnected Part, right, right, in history right. yeah. at the same time. Mm. And uh, I've realized that millennials are struggling and nobody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that I've done over the last few years or few months as I've rebuilt my life and put things I love to do is I started a podcast yes. all about supporting millennials yes. and talking about and dealing with their mental emotional issues mm -hmm. in a healthy way, having that support, that empathy for them and creating a community that, that can change. And the ultimate dream is to turn that into a documentary and into a movement, and it's just beginning, so. That's brilliant. It's, it's cool, because I find that the more I do that, the more I heal myself. Yes. That's brilliant. Because I'm giving it to others, you know? That's great. Well, I'm here to support that. I yes. appreciate it. I'm sure Mark is too. He's been supporting. You've been here. I've been the benefactor been of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, where can the people find you, Paul? If people want to get in touch with you, yeah, if they social want mentorship, media. Absolutely. if they want to get on your podcast, go right there and tell them where to find you. Right here? Right, right there. there. This one? That one? That one. Okay. Uh, all right. You can uh, find me on uh, social media, Facebook or Instagram. My, right per my personal account, uh, at Positive Change. That's with a three, PO3, because it's a mind, body, soul change. Woo! Um, and then my podcast, Create Yourself, CR3, also with a three, uh, mind, body, soul. 
uh, all about supporting millennials. You can find me. Uh, episode three is about to launch in the next week. So really excited, excited to have these guys on sometime. Sure. And uh, it's been truly an honor to be here. We appreciate having you. Yeah. It's been great. It's been great. Thank you. Can I throw down a beat real quick? Yes. 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 <laughs> throw it down. I don't know how. Do it into your mic. Are Bob. you kidding? Yeah. Sure. Just detach this and. Yeah. Detach yeah. it. Right there. Uh, this has been another episode of Put In Work. Thank you so much for joining us again. Please, please, please put your comments in the comment section. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what we can do better. Please let us know who else you like. We try our best to get a broad spectrum of professionals out here to not just empower you, but to show you step by step what you need to do. I really hope you're enjoying it. We're really enjoying it. And just let us know what we can do better with that. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>